had a little trouble with my mic on this one, but Christina sounded great, and that's all that really matters. So enjoy. All right, welcome back to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martin. We've got a great episode tonight. Got my friend Christina Ziegler on here tonight from Girls on the Run. She's the executive director. So you know she's a baller. So thank you for coming out tonight. Thank you. No, thank you for having us. This is a great opportunity to see another face that's not already in the house and uh, to get the Girls on the Run news out there. So okay, it's a great organization. We'll get into that later, but we're going to kind of talk about who you are, how you got to Girls on the Run, how you got to this position right now. So kind of, what's your background? Where did you grow up? Um, so I grew up as an army brat. My dad was an Apache pilot. So we kind of, we never lived anywhere cool. We were always in like Kansas or Texas or somewhere like that. So never went overseas with him. Um, but that was my life. So I continued that, did ROTC at the University of Alabama, commissioned as an officer, an intel officer, and played that game for about six years. Um, and I met my husband in ROTC and he was an engineer officer. Uh, we always knew we wanted to come back to Alabama, but we wanted to try somewhere new. I was born in Mobile. He calls Tuscaloosa home. Um, and so we decided on Huntsville. It seemed like a great place to be. And you know, we've been here for almost two years now and we really love it. Um, I was planning on getting out and being a full-time stay-at-home mom. Um, and then I just kind of was looking online one day to see um, what jobs I could get if I wanted to, just kind of perusing and found the Girls on the Run executive director position was open and decided um, it sounded like something that was right up my alley, something I'd be good at. I've loved the organization for years. Um, and so it just kind of all happened that way. Um, and, you know, it's been, it's been one heck of a year to be new at the executive director role, but um, it's been it's been a blast. It's been the biggest challenge I've ever had, but um, it's it's been a great organization to be a part of throughout all of this. Um, but we have we have three kids now. We have MJ, who's four, um, Bonnie, who is almost two, and then our son Scott was just born two months ago. So it's been a whirlwind to say the least. <laughs> We're loving it. Um, we really love the area, and we love the community here. Um, so we're, we're excited to be here. That's kind of who we are, where we're from, and how we got here. So. Awesome. I don't even know how you got here. So thank you for being on here. But let me talk to you a little bit about your Army career. How did that prepare you for the craziness of what you're experiencing? <laughs> I'm sure you have a little bit of training, especially intelligence, that you're able to assess the situation yeah. and kind of handle it from there. Um, so the Army was really good at changing things at the last minute. Like you'd have a full-fledged plan, or we had um one time i was working at the division level um and our our general was just really big on making sure you had every single contingency fully thought out so that no matter what happened you were able to shift and pivot and do what you needed to do um so it was really good at making me a little bit more comfortable with change as far as you know professional plans go um and figuring out just how to roll off and not get too emotionally connected to one course of action and be able to go where you need to go um, and move forward. Um, right now. So that was a great training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For all of you had, if you were married to your way of life, then you were, you were divorced now because things. <laughs> so that's great. You've had that training. So you probably handled this training pretty well. 
Well, the one easy thing about this transition, it's been very difficult, very difficult, but um, the one easy thing has been the fact that I was already working from home. So that transition, I've already been making that and it, that was a hard transition for me to make out of the army to working at home and now my office is here. There's no physical break. That was really hard. Um, but I mean, I didn't have that transition make during COVID. So that was easy. The hard part was figuring out how to still be a mom when there's no break either. So having them trying to figure that out has been the hardest part, <laughs> like making sure they get everything they need. Figure that out, write a book, because you will do <laughs> I have it, but you know, the book will come. Sure. Figure it out on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> Um, so anyway, let, let's talk about Girls in the Run a little bit. So tell people, if people haven't heard of it, tell them a little bit of kind of a background, what it is and uh, how people get involved. Yeah, so Girls on the Run is an after-school program for third through eighth grade girls. We have two programs. So Girls on the Run is for third through fifth grade girls. And then we have Heart and Soul, which is for sixth through eighth grade girls. Um, and they meet, they meet for 10 weeks, 20 lessons, uh, twice a week. And they, we have coaches that we give thorough training to and um, they teach the girls about building confidence and character and we use running but it's more so movement and just getting your body moving and that energy as a tool to process your emotions process your thoughts and your feelings and just process life happening um, and using that as a tool so it's a it's a really really neat unique program and it's it's great for empowering girls and helping them um, be able to conquer whatever mountains they have and reach that potential that they have inside. Awesome. That's such a, like a, the building blocks of who you're going to become. Those age groups, yeah. you guys, I'm sure it wasn't just random. You guys chose that. So, <laughs> so have you seen, what have you seen through COVID as far as the participation going up and down? What, what's going on with you guys and what's, what kind of situation do you see? Um, so right now we are, we are preparing for a virtual season and normally right now registration, we have at least like 45, 50 girls signed up minimum. Um, right now we have about two. So um, we are, we're, it's been a huge impact on us mainly because we're not meeting at sites traditionally this season. We're doing virtual where they'll meet with their coaches twice a week on a Zoom room or Google Meet. Um, for about 45 minutes and some parents or a lot of parents don't want to take on another virtual activity or they don't want their girls to be paired with someone that they don't know or isn't you know in their immediate geographical area where they can meet up and have that accountability partner right there and so I understand it um, completely but it, it is a difficult it's been difficult to navigate um, these waters for sure. But everyone's just kind of figuring things out, you know, yeah. <laughs> all the parents are like, well, let's figure out school and then maybe we'll figure out the next curriculums afterwards. So that's made, that may have been saying something as well that you guys seen that, hey, we don't even know what's going on in actual school, much less after school, but, but, but that's probably an issue right now. Yeah, and that's been the hardest thing because I feel like anytime we make a decision and we send out an email or send out communications to parents, everything changes. And so especially right when everything was happening. Every time I sent out an email within two hours, there was a new update that completely wiped out what I was trying to do. Um, and for a virtual season, even, um, I was trying to get it started after parents were comfortable with their virtual, um, their virtual schooling and things like that. And then literally the next day is when they decided the schools were gonna start back 
this week instead of a month from now. And so it's like, oh, great. <laughs> Parents are going to be doing another change. So, you know, it's just, it is what it is. At this point, we're just rolling with the punches and doing what we have to do to stay alive <laughs> for a little bit longer. Good situation. So you, you mentioned it earlier. So that, kind of that positive image that you guys grow through that girl. So how, how do you do that? I mean, you have the running program. What do you guys do specifically, though, to kind of help these girls through that awkward phase, especially the middle school age? Mm -hmm. What do you guys do to help them? Um, so that is one key thing is the fact that um, Girls on the Run is not solely a running program. What we strive to do is help the holistic aspect for the girl. Um, and it's a social emotional learning tool for them. Uh, we have trauma inclusion um, lessons to help them navigate those difficult times. Um, but mainly we have lessons like stop and take a breather, which helps them to just stop, pause, process what's happening before they react and so they're really responding to what's happening thoughtfully um which you know they're, they're elementary schoolers so they're still kind of reactive but at least they're making that intention um to just stop and you know take take a second take three seconds before you make another step um, there's lessons on how to choose good friends which is huge um, and how to be a good friend um, we, we have building blocks throughout the lesson. So it really starts out focusing on the girl, being self-aware of who she is, how she um, responds to things and how she behaves and her own emotions. And then it goes to her friend group. So now that you're self-aware and you know how, how things affect you, how can you impact your friend group in a positive way? And how can you share this with them and spread that? And then once you have that in your friend group, it's taking that core group that you have and how can you impact the community with this? So the end of the season is always a community impact project that the girls decide on themselves. Um, and sometimes it's as simple as, you know, leaving positive notes for the teachers and the staff. Um, and then other times they're going out and they're, giving cookies to you know firefighters or donating blankets to homeless shelters or things like that but um, it's always really neat to watch the growth of the girls and the whole team um, from the beginning of the season to the end it's just really neat to watch that happen start with me and then i go <laughs> i can see right here and i take that outside that's cool how you made that work because that's that's like ideally how we should be assuming right right <laughs> It's cool if you start a third grader to see that and how they can feel good about helping others. And then for, you could have them for, and you could have them for five years, right? Yeah, and, potentially. Yeah, the change you could see in five years and that. Because once you're in high school, they say, you know, you're pretty much formed who you're going to be. Right. Once you get to that age, so that's, that's such a needed program right now. So if someone wants to be involved, how can people get involved? How can they sign their kids up? How can they get involved as a mentor? What would they do to get involved? Yeah, so the easiest way to check in on what we're doing and get involved is to go to our website, which is www.gotornorthal.org. Um, and so this season, I mentioned we have virtual programming. So that's um, a hard time twice a week that you're meeting with your coaches in a virtual space or your girls are meeting with the coaches in a virtual space. Um, each girl will have an activity journal that is theirs at home where they're following through the lessons and they know exactly what they're doing that day. Um, if you get on there and see that you can't make those virtual times, we also have a go to at home activity kit that's 
um, available for your girl. And that is an eight week program where we've kind of condensed and um, taken the core Girls on the Run lessons and condensed it down to eight weeks. And that is a program that is intended to be between the parent or the guardian and the girl um, to complete together. And that's just kind of at your own pace. You have um, additional lessons online that you can access um, if you want more of it. Uh, but those are our two options this season. That's cool. Yeah, that, you know, kind of being weird right now through schools anyway, this would be a great way to kind of, as the kids get older, it's really tough to kind of bond over something. You know, right. I have a 14 year old son. I know how these things work. Like the older I get, the less stuff I've become a dork. I don't know, <laughs> you know obviously I've always been a nerd, but over the past few months and years, I've, I am terrible to hang out with. So we bond over small little things. You know, so we can have right. these, we get together and do some physical activity. It's going to be great for both of us. That's cool. You know, we got to, they had that option because right now PE is virtual through the schools. Yeah. Sure they have that dialed in. This would be a great option. Hey, I don't know what's going on with PE. Do you, do you guys count as PE credit? Do you guys know anything about how that would work? Um, I'm not sure if we count as PE credit, but that's definitely something we could look into. Um, it's also just great to be able to, it opens up these really critical conversations for moms and daughters to have, or, you know, fathers and daughters to have to, with each other. Um, it, there'd be a lot of really great conversation there with your girl and kind of figuring out what she's feeling and what she's thinking, especially right now. Um, it, it's just a really great tool um, for families to have at their use. Just have that activity, like my son, we'll go shoot basketball. Right? We're not like, hey, son, let's sit down and have a <laughs> Make eye contact with me. He'll like share some things that he has on his heart, right? Or if we're driving or something like that. But it's awkward to just sit down. We don't have fireside chats. You know, it's in the 20s. Right. <laughs> so if you had that, where he, he's, he can kind of feel a little more comfortable, or your girl can feel a little more comfortable with their mom or something like that, then we're not just like, Mom's grilling you. It's like, hey, we're doing this activity and we can talk. Yeah. Parents can really use that right now. Yeah, exactly. It'd be an excellent tool that I'm sure I'll wish I had had in like 10 years. You're just trying to keep Try not to think about that part. I'm in survival mode right now. I got a few more questions and then I'm going to hit you with a hard, hard dad joke. I'm so ready for this. What's something that people kind of misunderstand about what you guys do at Girls in the Run? Uh, one thing I already mentioned, there's so many times where we go in to have a conversation with a new site or a new school or a new family, and it's immediately, oh, we've already got a run club. Mm -hmm. And it's co-ed. That's what they all typically always say. And it's, it's so important to realize that Girls in the Run is not just a run club. We are really there to build up the girl as a whole. And we're there to build up how she sees herself, how she sees the world, and how she impacts the world. And I think that is a key thing that's missed. And part of that is because the name is Girls on the Run. Uh, your girl doesn't have to even like running. Um, we have girls that walk. We've had girls that skip. I've seen them walk backwards. I've seen them twirl their laps. I mean, I've seen it all. It's really just about getting them moving because um, that movement is a key um, element to, you know, your brain firing in all cylinders and really being able to process things. 
Um, but that's generally the biggest misconception with us is the fact that we are not just a running club at all. On the run, I think that's all you got to do, right? So I'm, I'm starting a, a kind of a side business called Twirl on the Run. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Girls on the Twirl. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what's one of been one of your biggest failures. It could be either personally or through Girls on the Run. Kind of how you learn from Oh, gosh. I fail every day. <laughs> you know, who are you if you're not failing every day? You're not trying, right? Um, I think my biggest failure for girls on the run has been, there have been so many. I mean, it's just been a huge learning curve. But the biggest one has probably just been, um, gosh, biggest one has probably been grants because it's just, it's a really unique area for me. I know it's a boring answer, but that's kind of how that is. Um, and then personally, my biggest failure was um, I had, I don't know if you're privy to this or not at all, but in 2015, they opened up the army so that women could serve any role, combat roles, whatever. You could go, you can go to ranger school. And so this is what I had been training for since the beginning of college, like had been training for this moment. And I was so short-sighted on just zeroed in on the fact that I wanted to go to ranger school, that I was completely selfish. I didn't, I didn't look at my marriage the way that I should have looked at the way my husband needed to be supported at the time. I didn't look at my unit and support them the way that they probably needed from me at the time. I was so focused on making sure that I didn't miss the opportunity because it was something that I had been so locked in on. And um, I went and had, I don't know what happened. I just know that I was extremely sick within six hours and had to medically disenroll myself. Um, and that was a big humbling moment. Like, I don't know if you read the Bible, but that was, the Lord was wrestling with me and he had my hip and that was it. And he said, no, like, this is not, not the path you're supposed to be on right now. Um, and so that is definitely the biggest failure. It was a huge huge blow to my pride. I had to shave my head for this. Like hair was completely gone. Like people knew which females had been to ranger school because you were the ones that came back with your head shaved. And you know, everybody's asking you, how did it go? People were like, oh, did you, did you go yet? And I was, yeah, I went like completely blew it. Um, and so that was my biggest failure, but it was also what set me on the path that I'm on right now. It completely redirected my life and um, refocused me and you know it was a huge piece of humble pie that I had to eat but that was a pivotal moment in my life in every area of my life um, and I definitely wouldn't be here without that failure today so like usually your one of your biggest pain points is a pivot point where you are now like you want to be like you would never never want to do that again right but <laughs> I also want to trade where you are now either. right that's kind of crazy how things work. So kind of tipping off of that, speaking of kidney, um, what do you, why are you so passionate about girls in the room? So you saw that job opening, you took the job opening, now you've got three kids and you're still just as passionate about it. Kind of what, what drives you? What are you, what, what, what are you sticking with this so hard? You could have passed the job off, they got three kids, I can't do this. So why are you, why are you still in charge? Why are you executive director? So Girls on the Run, it just strikes a chord with me and how much I wish I had had it at a young age. Um, I found out the importance of having a community of women, not even like-minded women, just there's such a, a kindred 
sisterhood. Um, and it's so empowering when girls support each other. It's, you know, it's so special. You have brotherhoods all the time, but it's just, it's really different when you're able to get females supporting each other. Cause I feel like we're always pitted against each other from such a young age. Um, and so I always go back to, you know, growing up the fact that, you know, I was, I was 11 years old when I was on my first hardcore diet. Like I, I wasn't really raised with a good relationship of fitness and health and, you know, being able to honor my body and wellness and really understanding that. And I think especially at the third through fifth grade, if you can catch them before they're in middle school and they're really thrown to the wolves um, and have so much chaos going on, you know, within themselves and around them. Um, I just think it, it's a huge tool for girls to be able to have this at their disposal um, and to help guide them along the way. Uh, it's just, it's, it's pivotal, really. I, I wish I had had it. And that's what keeps me going. And especially during all the craziness and all the hard times, that's what really drives me is thinking of myself and seeing myself in those girls and my daughters as well, um, wanting them to have this one day as well. Yeah, absolutely. You always say that quote, like, be that person you needed when you're that age, right? And you're right. to help people do that same thing. That's huge because I, I look back and middle school is craziness, right? I go to middle school football too, so I see it all the time, like, the hormones are out of control. They don't know who they are from a day-to-day -day basis. So you may make some choices that can affect the rest of your life. If you don't have that base that you learn third, starting in third grade, like what, you know, what is a protein? You know, what are carbohydrates? You know, these type of things. I just, I guess I should eat carbohydrates because I heard my mom saying they're bad for me. And I, I just I weigh in every day. I see my mom do that, you know? So yeah. these life skills starting right then, even I'm sure you see these kids and they're like, it, they're acting like it goes over their head, but it's getting in there, right? Yeah, and the cool thing about our program too is we have grown-up guides for the parents to follow with the girls. So it, it really does, that we have so many families that we've seen that it's impacted everyone in the family through the program. And so it's just really neat to watch that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, so neat. They can do that together. So this is a very hard-headed question right now. So uh, what's your favorite restaurant? My favorite restaurant in Huntsville or just in general? Want to go you can go in the whole world wherever you want to go oh that's hard um well i guess i'd have to say um acme oyster house in new orleans okay. they have the best like parmesan roasted oysters and i mean I'd, I'd have them any day any day of the week just i haven't got to the grown-up level where i eat oysters yet i'm just not there yet well, I, I grew up, my, my granddad was a, a pastor for a shrimping community in Balabatry, Alabama was where he pastored. And so, you know, people paid him in fresh seafood. So yeah. we, we grew up on that. So it's, it's, we don't, we didn't do the Captain D's growing up. We had, we had this fresh seafood all the time. <laughs> yeah, it, it was nice. It was a good little perk. <laughs> I know you have a lot going on in your life, but what are you curious about right now? I'm curious about a lot of things. Let me think. Um, goodness. I'm curious about, there's so much about in Huntsville to be curious about, right? So 
I really want to know what is underneath Redstone Arsenal. There's got to be something, right? Like, I need that clearance level. I need to know what's going on underneath there. That is mainly what. I had to guess. Probably stuff you don't want to dig up. It's probably it's probably what causes the booms, right? I don't know. I'm just just yeah. very curious. If I disappear in like five days, you know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what's on there, but I'm curious. I would love to know too. They should do a documentary on that. But all right, so the moment is here. I got to hit you with this dad joke. So I did. I was out the other day, and I tried to go make reservations at the library, but they were all booked. <laughs> I had to do it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on here, Christina. I really appreciate it. I know you got a lot going on in your house. Even you have that smooth background and here that's calming back there. That's just like what a house looks like. Probably in there. <laughs> and, and Girls Run is a nationwide program, right? It's, it is. Yes, it is. It's nationwide. So look in your area for if you have it in your area. And in Huntsville, if you're here, please get involved. Find out how you can help out. Find out how you can volunteer, donate, all that good stuff, and get your kids involved as well. So, um, We'll put all our stuff, our contact info in the, in the show notes and all that good stuff. So thank you so much, Christine, for being here. And thank you for being on. Yeah, thank you so much, show. It's been a, been a blast. All right. It's always cool to hang out with you. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. Please do me a huge favor. Hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all of our episodes as they come out. I think this is needed in people's world right now. So please remember that positivity is a choice. Choose wisely.